Welcome back to the Believing and Achieving podcast, where we discuss all things health, longevity, improvement, awareness, and creativity. I am your host, Kylie Comstock, a self-taught master of the mind and body. Each episode, we will have guests from different backgrounds, stories, and knowledge to help you unlock the power within and incinerate your goals. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode on the Believing and Achieving podcast. Today's guest is Tess Phillips, who is a dedicated mom and fitness expert with nine years in the industry. From in-person training to online coaching, she's passionate about metabolism health and focusing on sustainable results for women's weight loss journeys. We are super blessed to have you on today. Thanks for signing up for this. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So I'd love to have the audience learn a little bit more about you and your journey from beginning to now. So can you kind of like lead us through that, like with fitness and with health? Oh my goodness. It's been a long one. I feel like I'm too young to be able to say that, but (laughs) Um, yeah. So I started right when I was 18, right into the fitness world. Um, Probably your typical personal training job. Someone found me on the floor and said, Hey, you want a job. And so that's kind of where it started. And obviously it's grown from there. Um, I spent four years working in person with women. I worked at a women's only club. Um, and I love that, but, and I miss that. I miss parts of it, but to be completely honest, I'm able to help in so much, so many more ways with people now. Um, you know, you're one-on-one in a session you have, that's the only portion of their life that you really have a glimpse into with online coaching. I talk about everything. We dive into sleep. We dive into stress. We dive into nutrition, obviously being like number one. Um, and then yeah, obviously training. So that's kind of where I'm at now. We're online and helping women. Yeah. That's awesome. That's super cool that you trained at a women's only club. Um, where are you, where are you located at? So I'm in Calgary. Okay. Canada. <laughs> That's where awesome. are you? You're not I'm in, in Utah. In Utah. Yeah. Yeah. I figured, yes. Yeah. yeah. I was so thinking I'm in, you were in Utah too. I know everyone thinks that I'm not. <laughs> That's Everyone's in Utah. That's why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All the fitness girlies are in Utah, right? Yeah. There's a huge yeah, like, so bodybuilding community where you're at too in Canada. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. And that's actually what I got into first. Oh, that was kind okay. of my experience. Um, I hired a body- bodybuilding coach. And so, yeah, not the greatest first experience, to be honest. <laughs> a lot different now, but yeah. Okay. So speaking of like that bodybuilding experience, take me through, I want to hear as well, like your fitness journey. So I can get a background of you. Like I hear you as a coach, but I want to hear you as a fitness, like how you got into the health world Just kind me. of thing. Yeah. Um, well, honestly, I watched a lot of the women in my family struggle with, um, their, their health. My mom was not healthy. And a lot of it was due to her, you know, her choices, unfortunately. Um, I watched the women in my family, yo-yo diet their whole life really struggle with their weight. Um, which I help a lot of them now, which is really cool that I've been able to do that. But I just, I knew it wasn't for me. I knew I wasn't going to do that. Um, I didn't want to struggle. I didn't want to go on Weight Watchers. I didn't want to do all of that. And I knew there had to be a more sustainable way and a way to, you know, 
have it as a lifestyle instead of these constant yo-yo diets and prevent all of those health problems that I watched my mom, you know, suffer with and still suffers with. So that was where I initially got into it. Um, but it has been such a long journey. Like I said, you know, I did dive into that bodybuilding culture and that is not, that's, that can be pretty toxic. I'm sure you know enough about it. Totally. Um, and so just like learning along the way and figuring out, you know, what works and what doesn't work. And then obviously with coaching people, I think that I learned, you know, it's, it, that doesn't work for everyone. It may work for some people, that whole approach, you know, that intense diet or that intense, um, bodybuilding culture, but it doesn't work for everyone. You know, it like the average person can't do that kind of program. No, absolutely. You know, I think back to some of my clients, like even in the first, first few years of my career and I feel bad for them. I'm like, oh my God, just because you learn as a coach, you, you, you go through it right there with them. And so I think having that like extensive amount of time to learn with them and realize like, oh, this doesn't work. Mm. People can't sustain this. People can't stick to this. Um, and then just really trying to figure out what does work for people. What do, what is sustainable? What type of lifestyle is sustainable? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Did I answer super- the question. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Um, I I think I feel like we got off a bit, but no, no, no. You're good. I think to your point of of like the sustainability aspect, I actually had someone who I've been chatting with in the DMs who I don't know could be a potential client. We'll see. Mm-hmm. But um, she's very focused on wanting to look like a bodybuilder. Like she sent me screenshots of like what she wants to look like, and I'm like, that's cool. But I'm like, I hope you realize like those girls who are about to step on stage can't even sustain that body. The second they get off the stage, they're reverse dieting. They are getting those calories back in. They are. If they are reverse dieting and doing it properly. Right. And most times, yeah, most times it's like the night after it's like, boom, like we're cheat meals for days, you know? Yeah. And they come out of, you know, with eating disorders and yeah, it's just terrible. It's just not good for, I think mentally, I think mentally it's the most damaging. Obviously right. there are physical repercussions to that kind of lifestyle, but mentally, oh, I don't know. I haven't seen too much success with people coming out of that field and like it takes years, you know. Mm-hmm. Totally. To, to a point where you're able to sustain like a healthy have a healthy relationship with food, relationship with the gym, all of that. Totally. totally. But yeah, and yeah, it really goes down to like lots of clients will come to me and say, Oh, this is what I want to look like. And it's like, well, do you realize what they have to do to look like that? Exactly. Yeah. Like, let me show you <laughs> what their routine looks like. Like it's not going to be easy and yeah, nothing is easy. No fitness routine should be easy, but they're doing ridiculous amounts of cardio, ridiculous amounts of, you know, focus on their nutrition that most people just won't do. So, right. Yeah. And I think like to that point is there's kind of this level of curiosity when you get into something I think is human, like it's just human nature that like, okay, I need to explore like, what are my limits? And so it's like, how much can I diet? Let's see. Let's see how much I can diet. And you like go to test those waters and then you realize like, okay, what is sustainable? Like you said, what's going to work for me? Because but Obviously. honestly, and I find most, most women when they, when they actually get the protocol of like, oh, this is what it takes. They're like, no, never mind. They're like one week. I don't want to sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, 
you're just like, well, okay, let's, let's create some more sustainable, some more realistic goals that are attainable. Right. Yeah. Right. Or like, that you can enjoy life at the same time. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think with, with like the amount of exercise they're doing only makes it like that much harder because that was like something, I don't know about you, but like when I first started, um, and we'll get into the questions right after this. I'm sorry. I'm like, we're kind of just chatting here now, but, um, when I first got into like working out and everything, I thought I needed to exercise for hours a day. And, and I thought that that would like make the biggest, you know, dent in my progress. And it doesn't, it's all nutrition. Yeah. Yeah. And so like with how little they eat and then they go and do all this exercise, like your appetite is just skyrocket, but you're also eating nothing. So it's just like, you're satiating hormones. Everything is just completely screwed. So yeah. you don't even know, like, am I hungry? Am I like, am I craving something? Am I needing something? Like you don't even know anymore. Mm-hmm. And I find that's where a lot of times when people get out of like preps like that and they end up packing on the pounds, it's because they don't even know anymore. They don't even know what a normal hunger signal is. They don't, they have no idea. Everything mm-hmm. is messed up. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think like going into now kind of like with your coaching of how you coach with moms, a lot of moms and like, and like, um, I would just say maybe thirties and up, like a lot of those women also struggle with just under eating in general, like just like eating food. Like, I think there's this societal thing around like, okay, we shouldn't be, women shouldn't be eating. Like they shouldn't be eating enough for their body to sustain. Like it's crazy. Like restricted diets are praised. I used to say it was like nine out of 10 women would come to me and would get them to track their food and see what they were eating before starting with me. I'm now starting to think it's 10 out of 10. Like genuinely it's 10 out of 10 women are, are eating so far under their maintenance calories and all that's doing, they have no idea that all that's doing is causing metabolic adaption to happen. You're just, your metabol, your metabolism is just slowing down more and more and more as you do that. And then they wonder why it's they're packing on the pounds or they wonder why it's so hard to lose weight or it feels impossible. It's like, no, it's because you don't eat. And obviously, yes, you have to eat less than what you are burning in order to lose weight. Right. But if you're continuously under eating, you do need to eat more in order to lose weight. That, right. that is the fact. And mm. people hear that and they go, that doesn't make sense. How do I eat more and lose weight? That's impossible. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a strategy to it, Right. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're hundred percent right. It's the society. Society has taught us, well, has taught women. It's really sad. Has taught women, you know, to fear, well, you're gaining weight and fear food as the cause. We're just, we don't have a, 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 we have a lack of knowledge as far as nutrition goes. Right. And when there's a lack of knowledge, this is what happens, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If we actually understood how nutrition works and that's what I'm so passionate about with my clients is teaching them. Um, if we understood how nutrition worked, there wouldn't be any fear. That fear is just coming from a lack of knowledge, right? Mm. And I would say too, there's a lack of research on women. Like, cause they're most oh of the study, God. if you look into the studies, it's Can I show you something. Men. Yeah, absolutely. Can I show you something today? Yeah. I just came across this today. New study. A new study investigated the effect- effectiveness of supplementing pre-workout carbohydrates in elite CrossFit athletes. Athletes first performed perform strength and power tests and then a workout of the day consisting of max pushups, blah, 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 basically saying without eating. So they tested fasted, they tested fasted individuals, and then they tested, um, individuals who had carbs pre-workout. 
Mm-hmm. And there was no difference in performance. You look into the study, guess who it was tested on? Males. 21-year-old males. Mm. And that is like across the board with fitness, with sleep, with wellness. It's all men. And we are so different. You cannot like, and how many women are going to come across this study and go, pre-workout carbs don't improve workouts. That's the headline. Like, what? Well, and that's where like, yeah, you have to have have a society of women who under eat and then you're going to throw out blanket statements like that. And it's, it's not that. Yeah. That's why it's so important to find someone who, who is contextual to the study too, because it's Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. you can get one study and be like, this is my evidence for why I believe this. And then it's like, okay, but what, what are the parameters of the study? What are they using to test the, the subjects? And also like, how are they able to make that claim from one? Like, how big is the group? Like, there's so many like things you there's need to be so looking at. So many variables, at. so many nuances, and you know what what was going on in their life before the test, before like there's just yeah, what did they eat the day before? You know, like they're yeah, you know, it's <laughs> crazy. So many variables, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you're right. It a lot of it is done like all these studies are done on men and not on women, and it is so different. I like. Yeah, I would beg to say that nutrition and a lot of a lot of the the struggles that women face are because they think that they should eat and train just like men. Mm, yeah, and they shouldn't. Yeah, absolutely. It's very different for women. For They've got to be mindful of their hormones. Um, we are just completely run on hormones. Yeah, and men are not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Okay. So I want to hop into, I've got like a couple subheadings we've got mindset, fitness, habits, routines. We're going to go over all of it. Um, so I kind of want to go into mindset first and this is like going with all your coaching. How has being a mom influenced your mindset towards fitness and health? Oh my God. That's a good question. You know, I, I would definitely say I, I'm stronger now mentally after being a mom. And I noticed this a lot with my clients that have been with me and then have had babies. Um, there is just a different type of strength and I really can't explain it until you go through it, you know, and it's sad because there's two ways you can go about this. There's one way where you can use your kids as an excuse. I'm sure you've seen that or your reason, but when you can channel that, you know, that, desire to be the best mom and to be an example for your, your son or your daughter, it is a different level of commitment I find. And I find (laughs) to be completely honest, I find a lot of my mom clients are harder working and make less excuses than my clients who are young and single and have all the time in the world. That's, it is just a, there's a completely a huge shift in priorities a huge shift in just like the the meaning of life and how precious life is and how you want to make the most of it with your kids. It just changes everything. I know it changed it for me personally. It's just, I'm a completely different person in every aspect, but a lot in my fitness too. There's just like a commitment to it that is just unwavering, right? Because you have a little one watching you and you want to make sure that they have the best influence. Yeah. I think that 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 is- yeah, that's like a huge shift as far as like what people yeah. could be thinking versus what they are. Like I think the desire to be an example versus like yeah. the desire to uh avoid discomfort. Like what is what is your focus? Totally. 
And you know what? That's so true because as a mom, you go through hell, <laughs> whether that's just in pregnancy and birth and, and, um, you know, the long nights you are pushed to your absolute limits in every, every aspect. And when you realize that like, okay, there's a difference between like pain or discomfort that doesn't have a purpose and pain and discomfort that has a purpose. Mm. And you can channel that into your fitness. So for example, like the discomfort of staying up all night with your child, feeding it, there's a purpose. That child is going to grow and flourish. You're doing it with a reason. The same goes with your fitness. Like there's, there is a certain level of discomfort and pain that is good. And the same, like that's, that can be channeled into your workouts. Right. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So kind of going off of that, can you share a pivotal mindset shift that positively impacted your fitness journey with being a mom? You just shared the one of like using that, using your kids as kind of like the motivation to be an example. Do you have like another one that you've kind of since changed your mind on? I mean, yeah, other than labor. Yeah. (laughs) Like genuinely, you're like, man, I can do incredible things women are so freaking powerful Mm. and can do a lot more than they think they can. Um, I would say, yeah, that one. And just, yeah, I think it's, it's a different type of um, motivation when you have, like for me, having my daughter say things like, wow, you're strong mama. You're strong. Mm. Like, that's just like, that's something that I cannot imagine not having knowing that she'll grow up with that and she'll grow up thinking that 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 is valuable being strong instead of watching her mom go on a diet go on another yo-yo diet um I think that's pretty powerful pretty impactful yeah and I mean I'm kind of curious now too with with having kids how do you manage your nutrition like how do you because I think a lot of moms like they struggle with when they're making food for their kids, they're snacking on their kids' yeah. food. And then they yeah. you know, they make like a really small meal for themselves. They're trying to lose weight, but they don't know how to do the nutrition aspect correctly. So what, what, how do you balance that? Yeah. I mean, honestly, for me, I'll use myself. It was a habit long before I had kids. Right. So she just eats what we eat. She did. When she learned to eat at, you know, six months old, she was eating exactly what I was eating. She was eating my little ground turkey taco bowls like she it wasn't I wasn't making her separate meals I wasn't giving her you know processed little snacks she was eating exactly as I ate um and so to this day she still does she still loves everything I eat but for a mom that's maybe starting out oh that's a tricky one like starting to you know dive into better nutrition and still having to focus on or feed your kids and if they like things that are different one of my questions that I always ask the moms is, are you willing to eat differently than your family for a period of time? And sometimes it takes doing that and going into it with that mindset that, okay, this may, this may be different. I may not be able to eat exactly the same as I've always eaten. I have to make that shift. Mm. Um, you know, and are you prepared to do that? If not get prepared to, (laughs) and then I think over time, kids, kids learn by example, right? So they're going to, they're going to watch you. You can, you can change things pretty quickly with kids. Mm-hmm. You don't have to offer them all the <laughs> process junk. Mind you, my daughter still, we still do, you know, incorporate balance. I'm not the kind of parent that doesn't give her anything, but she, 
I, she asked me all day. She asked me to make a cake with her. So we made a cake. She talked about it all day. I just want to eat cake. I just want to eat cake. I gave her the cake. She had one bite and asked for an apple. I'm like, I can't make this up. But that's just because we started from the beginning. She loves that type of food. Mm -hmm. And I do think that just like with adults, kids, if they're constantly eating that processed junk, that's what they're going to want. That the real food won't taste as good. But mm. when they're used to eating real food, I promise you the processed stuff does not appeal to them as much. I'm not saying it doesn't. She still is like, keen for candy sometimes, but not as much as I've seen with other kids. Mm. Anyways, that was a long, long answer. No, that's, that is like so smart. I've actually never heard someone recommend like what they're eating to their kids. Like, I think that's so oh, really? genius because it's like, which I think that is so crazy. That's such a, like, to me, that's just such a concept. Why, like, why go through all this effort of, feeding your kids something else when the goal is to get them to eat that as they grow up like you want them to eat whole foods right. you don't want them to be snacking on bars and I don't even know what kids eat bars and cookies yeah <laughs> yeah no and I, like I think that's so genius though because it's like yeah you don't have to make two different meals did you ever go through a period with your so you have a daughter right yeah, Did you ever go through a period of daughter. sorry just what you have one daughter sorry. oh I just said I have a two-year-old daughter yeah <laughs> oh two-year-old daughter okay yeah. Um, did you ever go through a period of time with her where she would like, you'd make her broccoli or whatever. And she'd be like, Oh no, I want mac and cheese. Or like, did she ever like rebuttal the healthy? No, no, no. She's never like, she'll, no, she'll say like, I don't want that for sure. But it's never replaced with something else that's unhealthy. Mm. I don't, I try not to make, you know, I try not to make it have labels around food of like unhealthy, healthy. Um, obviously even though that there are foods that are more nutritiously dense and more foods that are not but Mm -hmm. with her it's just kind of like okay you don't want broccoli okay what about avocado you know like I'm gonna always offer whole food options but if it came down to it you know what she was like she wasn't a huge eater so if it came down to it and she was gonna eat you know something that was a little bit more palatable that I don't claim to be like nutritious um I'm gonna give it to her I'm not gonna like create rules around food I just I won't do that with my daughter she's yeah, because I've seen that happen too many times. Mm, yeah, and it just, I think it honestly makes the kids want it more when you tell them you can't totally, have it. Totally, yeah, exactly. So we tried to make that pretty, like, if she asks for it, she can have it. Regardless of it's, like, I mean, it's not the end of the world if she has pretzels for dinner. Like, it's really not. You know what I mean? Right. We're going to offer her, and we always sit down as a family, we eat what we're eating, but it's not the end of the world if she has something a little different one night. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So next question for you is let's do. Okay. So this is a good one. So as a mom, um, like what daily habits have you found to be crucial for maintaining your healthy lifestyle? Because I think a lot of times it does come down to like habits that haven't been built for a lot of moms. And so, and so yeah. when you say maintaining, like you're talking about me specifically maintaining, or are you talking about weight loss? Yeah, I'm just talking about in general, like what has helped you maintain your healthy lifestyle? What habits do you have that have helped you yeah. do that? Well, when you think about what a habit is, it's when things are easy. If things are hard, if things are cumbersome in your mind, it's not a habit. So 100%, they have to be habits. Right. And, you know, before things ever become easy, before things ever become a habit, they're hard, right? And so you know, there's non-negotiables in my my life that I've learned make me feel optimal, make me feel good. So it's not something that I have to like force myself to do or have willpower. Like for example, 
um, you know, getting my step goal. And that's not something that, you know, I have to like drag my butt to do. It's something that if I don't, I feel worse. And I know that, and I'm very cognizant of how I feel. And I get to, I've gotten to this point in my life where I feel so good all the time, except when I'm pregnant, but (laughs) the majority of the time, I feel so good because of all these habits I have in place that anytime it's slightly off kilter, anytime I don't get my solid eight hours of sleep, I feel terrible. I don't like feeling terrible. It really comes down to that. It comes down to how I feel. And obviously the, the weight management and the, you know, the aesthetic side of it is a bonus of it, but I'm sorry, that's not enough to maintain it. Me looking in the mirror and liking what I see is not enough to me, enough for me to maintain that lifestyle. I have to actually enjoy the process. I have to actually enjoy how I feel. And I think that's where a lot of people fail is Mm -hmm. they're so focused on this like physical goal or weight loss goal that they don't even realize that, you know, what's more important is how you feel along the way. Right. And I think people are so used to feeling so crappy all the time that they don't even, they don't even know what feeling good could be like, mm. they don't even know what it would be like to have energy or, um, but yeah, does that, does that make sense? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, I think too, like where you had mentioned when you get so focused on what you look like and you're super focused on the outward appearance you lose sight of what's important. Like how you feel is a lot more important than like what you look like. And I don't know about you, but along the process, when you start enjoying what you do, you don't look like I rarely am just like, oh, body check. Like I'm not like in the mirror looking at myself. Like I, or or you look back and you're like, whoa, I've progressed. I didn't even notice. Yeah. I've just been on this journey. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. And it really comes down to having a long list of why. And Mm -hmm. here's what I'll say though. A lot of people, when they start out, it's all for aesthetic reasons. And there's nothing wrong with that. I genuinely don't think there's anything wrong with that. But along the journey, you're going to have more reasons. You're going to develop more of a why. And those are going to become so important to you. And that's how you create that lifelong, sustainable, whatever it is, weight loss management, whatever it is, results, physical results, health. Um, That's how you maintain it is because your, your list of whys are much deeper, much more important to you than just the physical. Right. Absolutely. What would you say? So with, um, some of the habits, like what are some of your habits that you have that like help you to feel your most optimal? You said your step goal. Do you have like other ones? Yeah, absolutely. My step goal. So whether that's going for, you know, I try to get outside for sunlight exposure, for sure. That's one thing that I notice a huge difference when I don't get that, but yeah, little things like obviously my water, that's going to be a huge one, right? Like I don't even, I don't even think about it. I don't even think about telling you about it because it's such a habit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah. It's like, what else? I have to really think about it now. You know, water, sleep, sleep is like a huge priority to me. I start to wind down at 7 30 PM. I start, I have a routine. I have my magnesium. I have my hot shower. And when I don't have that, I don't sleep. I, I toss and I turn all night. And then the next day I feel like crap, right? you think it was a given, but most people don't get that. Yeah. So those are like the non-negotiables that if I'm feeling good, then I know I'm going to perform good. Absolutely. Then I know I'm going to actually kill it in my workout, kill it in my business, kill it in all of these areas. Right. Mm-hmm. So they're non-negotiable. That's just, those are the things that make me feel good. Those are the habits in place that I don't even realize they're habits. They're just there. And what about like your fitness, like your workout? Do you have like a routine for that? Or is that kind of like very day-to-day based on your kid? Um, 
no, I definitely have a routine. Like I've, I've had coaches myself, like I've hired coaches myself, um, for different goals. Like it depends what my goal is at the time. Right now, my goal is to maintain muscle mass. So I'm kind of doing my own thing. Um, but when I'm not pregnant, like I like following a program because I like challenging myself. I like having that structure, um, having someone tell me what to do. I enjoy that. I enjoy like someone I program for 20 people. <laughs> I I don't want to program for myself. So having someone do that for me, that's usually what I end up doing. Um, and yeah, again, it's a non-negotiable. I don't even think to tell you, yeah, I work, <laughs> I work out five times a week, but you're right. Most people don't even think about that. Um, but to me, it's just such a routine habit. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, so what would you say, like, what advice would you have for someone who is looking to establish a consistent fitness routine? And like Ooh, those, those routines goal. and habits. Yeah. Set realistic goals. It depends where they are. If they're, if you're just diving into it, if you're just starting set realistic goals, because if you start out and you're saying to yourself, I'm going to work out seven days a week, you're going to burn out. That's just not realistic. Nobody can commit to that. Same goes for nutrition. If you're starting out and you're going, I'm going to commit to 1500 calories. I want to lose weight fast. You're going to burn out. You're going to end up binging. You're going to end up, no one can sustain that for a long period of time, right? So setting realistic goals saying, okay, I know that I can commit to three to four times a week. That's something I know I can commit to realistically and then commit to that. And then once you've committed to that for, you know, a month, two months, build on that habit stacking. So that's what I always say. And people, I feel like (laughs) this is the hardest concept for them to get because nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to hear go slow. Mm. nobody wants to hear just start out small people want to go 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 they have big goals they have yeah yeah so they just want to go full force and then but that always leads to burnout it always leads to failure which Mm. when I say failure I mean quitting like genuine failure right just like messing up Mm. right so how do you how do you assist your clients in building and sustaining these positive habits like when because I'm sure they're probably struggling like I'm sure there's been times where they've struggled and been like Tess, what do I do? Like, I, I just messed up. I just binged or whatever. So let's talk about like something specific, like a binge, if that were to happen, um, which it has. Um, we go over a long list of things, you know, well, how was your nutrition for the week? Because most times if your nutrition was not spot on, if you weren't getting enough nutrients and you were over exercising while not getting enough nutrients, your body is going to be craving intense, intensely. Um, and so that can lead to binge episodes. And so we're going to go through, you know, it's we're I'm never going to just sit there and go, just, just like, this was bad, but get back on track. Like, just, let's just move forward. Let's go. No, we're going to go, why did this happen? What can we do to prevent this from happening? We're going to dig deep and figure out, is it just a binge? Is it like, is it mental? where you're just not able to cope with emotions or whatever, but, or is it because your nutrition wasn't spot on? We figure out why. And then we, we dig deep, we dive in. And then we, then we come up with a solution, solution and move forward. Right. Instead of just saying, okay, well, binging is bad. (laughs) Okay. That's not going to help them. Right. They know that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really important to be like very uh, curious and question everything. Like when, when those types of things happen, because a lot of the times, like the problem comes up again, if you're not willing to investigate and go deep and to ask the questions that are, that is going to get them to the root problem. Cause as a coach, you're supposed to help them are hard to answer. (laughs) Right. 
Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. They're not easy conversations to have. And that goes for anything that goes for, gosh, if you weren't on track with, you know, your workouts with this, with that, like having someone to go, Hey, why, why is this happening? Let's reflect, let's self-reflect and let's answer those questions. And yeah, sometimes those conversations are the hardest conversations to have with your coach, but really I'm setting you up for that conversation that you have with yourself on your own down mm-hmm. the road. Cause I'm not always going to be there to have right. those conversations with you. I want you to be able to sit there and go, Whoa, okay. Why did that happen? Was it just that I needed a night that I wanted to indulge a bit? Was it just that I was craving, you know, chocolate cake? Or was it that I felt completely out of control? And why was I feeling out of control? Right? Mm, Yes. Yeah. I like, um, like just going through multiple uh, iterations of why, like journaling. I think it's huge. Like if you're like, okay, so. I mean, I I think we can all tell when we're feeling like we need to get some things out, whether it's talking to someone or journaling. I think we can all tell. And so whenever I get that feeling, I like grab my journal out, whip it out. I'm like, okay, why? Why am I feeling this way? And then we just keep going until I'm like, okay, there we go. That's the root problem. Because it's not always like apparent. You don't know always like what the problem is. And sometimes you may not figure it out for another week, another month, why the reason was, right? Mm-hmm. But just being aware, I guess, just that's a huge, huge trait that um, I think a lot of people lack is being able to self-reflect and go, okay, this is where I'm at. This is why I am where I'm at. Or this is, you know, let's say you, you're you struggling to get, you know, 30 pounds off. You've been struggling for years. Why are you there? Why are you there? It's not just because your metabolism is broken. It's not just because you had kids. Why are you there? So being able to look and go, oh, okay, this is the reason. And then being able to change that. Well, that's a huge quality that not a lot of people have. Yeah. Even people who have coaches. <laughs> absolutely. Just because you, you have a coach doesn't mean you have that trait, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay. So maybe we'll jump in a little bit more over on nutrition now. So mm-hmm. how do you educate women about maintaining a healthy metabolism through nutrition? Ooh, a healthy metabolism through nutrition. I mean, (laughs) stop under eating. Yeah. That's the main one. Yeah. Yeah. Just stop the constant focus on, you know, dieting or restricting or being in a constant deficit. It's just not, you're not going to have a healthy metabolism, especially not long-term. Right. So obviously there's a time and a place to be in a deficit and lose weight, but the problem with women is they spend way too much time there and then they end up well, not ruining, but you know, causing, um, damage to their metabolism. Mm -hmm. And then long-term that has effects. Right. Um, so how do I teach them? (laughs) I show them, (laughs) Yeah, you know, I just show them like, this is what happens. Look at your body. You've been in a surplus for this long and look how it's changed. Mm -hmm. Right. So just knowledge is power. I think with that and just showing them, you know, this is, this is what, you know, carbs do for you. This is what fats do for you. This is what protein does for you. This is what having enough calories available does for you and your body. So restricting it at that is not the answer constantly, right. at least, right? How do you deal with like, I, I'm sure you've gotten this. How do you deal with the fad diets and the restriction of specific food groups with women? Like whether it's low fat or low carbs or only you know eat protein. It's, again, it, again, it goes back to knowledge. So teaching them like, okay, it's right here. This is what carbs do for your body. I don't mm-hmm. like, 
I don't know. And so this is what fats do. And so this is what happens when you have restriction on fats and a restriction on carbs or, you know, that, that these are the repercussions. But also like when it comes to cutting out food groups, like, okay, here's the thing. If someone wants to cut out carbs and that's an effective way for them to lose weight, fine. That's fine. You, you can do that. My thing with it is that whenever you go back to eating normally, because I'm sorry, unless you're like diabetic, my mom is type one diabetic and she's keto and she's able to maintain that because it literally keeps her healthy, mm-hmm. keeps her blood sugar stable. But unless you're going to never eat carbs again, that's not sustainable because right. you're going to introduce carbs back into your life and you're going to gain it all back. Right. So why, like, why would you want to do that? Why wouldn't you just lose weight while also eating your bread, also eating your pasta. Like to me, it's just, I don't know. I think it's just lack and lack of knowledge. And, you know, once you, usually I find once you present the facts, people are then like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I won't ever be able to stay away from pizza. <laughs> right. Safe, right. Yeah. Not sustainable. Well, and I would say too, like, I think that's why macros are so liberating and powerful is because I think they completely like remove the food rolls. Like you see them and you're like, okay, so here's 200 calories in a donut. But I also realize that this protein bar has 200 calories. So like if I want the donut one day, there's no harm. Like I can fit that into my day. Right. It's like very, it's very hands-on nutrition education for sure. People become very aware of it. Yeah. Well, and I think women just especially are are like so shocked when they start macros because they're like, oh yeah. my gosh, I don't have to be on a diet. I can eat what I want to eat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or they're like, how am I losing weight while I'm eating more food? Yeah. Question That's marks. How is this possible? Yep. <laughs> I was eating 1200 calories and still not losing weight. Now I'm eating 1900. How is this possible? I don't know. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The proof, the proof is in the pudding, right? It is. Um, can you share some practical tips for creating sustainable and enjoyable nutrition habits? Do you have any like specific that come to your mind? Pre-planning. Pre-planning. Okay. Pre-planning. Yeah. Like every time any of my clients can't seem to get their, their macros on, on target, it's because they're not planning. They're winging it. Every time I wing it, I'm pretty far off. I like, I can get it. Like I can try my best to get it on, but just like anything in life, if you, if you plan ahead, you're going to be more successful. Right. Mm-hmm. So for, for me and a lot of my clients, we have meals on repeat. So we have our staples, you know, we don't have to eat the same thing every day, but we have like a list of meals that we just quickly add. It's very easy. It's very, you know, it's not time consuming at, at all. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, yeah, then it frees up a little bit more space, you know, try out different meals, but for the most part, we're repeat, 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 easy, easy, easy. Cause you want this to be easy. You don't want it to be hard. And you know what? Macro counting isn't forever. I don't think it should be forever. Right. Um, it's to give you an idea of what you're eating, what, how to eat for your goals and yeah, just, yeah. Nutrition, nutrition education, basically. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, I think pre-planning is huge. And I think also too, like down the line, how you said kind of macro tracking isn't always forever. Like I think there's a point where you've been eating. I mean, I think it's when your knowledge around 
like the like the different nutrients in food, like carbs, fats, protein. When you understand yeah. that and you understand, okay, I've been making a balanced plate for a while now. I understand how to how to do that without having to track. And I can see visually, yeah. okay, this is roughly this much. This I mean, obviously it's gonna be rough estimates. You're never gonna be like no, 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 159 no. grams of chicken, but like yeah. <laughs> you know, you're not a calculator, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But I think what is so liberating about it is it's it, again, it is like nutrition education for life. Like it's like totally. once you do it, at well, least that's how for... that's how you sustain it. That's yeah. how you do. Yep. Because you now have this skill under your belt and you understand nutrition. Yep. You're going to be limitless, right? Mm -hmm. You're not going to be going back to the fad diet because you know you don't have to. Yeah. You know how nutrition works, right? Exactly. It's like you've hacked the system kind of thing. Exactly. No, really, you have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. For me, like when it comes to intuitive eating, I every time I think I'm getting enough, I always go and track and I'm never getting enough. So I'm getting enough, enough calories, enough protein, enough carbs. Yep. I usually am pretty good on fats, but like the carbs and the protein, if I don't track it, I'm way under. And I find that for most women, that's kind of the issue, right? Yeah. Is that we just innately end up under eating. Yeah. And that's a serious problem when you have, you know, a specific goal in mind like yeah. weight loss, like putting on muscle, anything like that. Right. I'm so happy you brought that up. I actually like, I've talked about it on my podcast before, but I went through a period of time where I didn't track for like maybe like a month and a half, two months. I don't know how long it was, but I ended mm -hmm. up losing like way too much weight. Yeah. yeah and I too. was like, yeah. have you gone through that? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was because... rapidly losing weight and I'm like, wait, 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 wait. I went and tracked and I was like in an extreme deficit. Yeah. And, you and I've been doing this it. for nine years. <laughs> yeah. You don't realize <laughs> it. shouldn't be happening. I think it's also too, because it's like your quality of food is way better. And so the amount of volume. And so it's easier. It's higher volume. Yeah. Yeah. It's the exactly. volume and it's the habits you've created. Whether it's like, I would, I would always bring like in the past, I don't really do this now. Sometimes I will, but I would always bring like lower calorie dressings or like little like containers, like when I'd go out to eat sometimes. And I feel yeah. like that habit alone and also paired with like the high volume eating like I literally was just you know dropping so quick and so yeah. I think yeah like you said it's a kind of important to be like mindful of if you are going to attempt intuitive eating to be educated enough to the point where you're like okay I actually am getting enough like this is not just yeah. like guesswork you know no no totally or track again like tracking every once in a while or having you know repeat meals that you know are like okay I know that that meal is like 200 calories I know that that meal is 400 that kind of thing where you can kind of mentally go okay I know I've roughly had this much mm -hmm. right yeah so I think that's helpful having those again the same meals on repeat that you know are the same measurements you know are the same amounts you know everything is the same so it's going to be the same amount it's going right. to be the same end number right and I'm curious I, I mean I asked in the beginning a little bit but what um like how did you get so educated with macros and with fitness like did you struggle with it at some point yeah no I did because when I first like I mentioned before I, I started in like the world of bodybuilding and so when I hired a bodybuilding coach he gave me a meal plan to follow and for a solid year year and a half I was on that meal plan and I was in the best shape I've ever been um and then I stopped doing that meal plan, had no idea anything really about nutrition. Um, I mean, I, I to, to an extent, because I'm like, okay, I can see that I have this much, this much meat, this much veggies, this much, whatever. But to really understand what was going on in the macros, I had no idea. Um, and then I would gain 10 pounds back, 
And then and I go, oh, shoot, I got this coming up. I'm going to hop on that same meal plan <laughs> that I had. And then I would lose the weight and it would be good. And then I, you know, go back to eating normally or somewhat normally and gain it all back. So it's just the same thing, same thing over and over. And so I was just like, I, yeah, I'm done with this. Mm. It was not working. And so I decided to do it my own. And then also, you know, that, that whole era was just like only clean foods, only chicken and rice, only like heaven forbid you had like a spaghetti for dinner. (laughs) Like, you know, like that's not, it's not even bad for you, but it's just not like super clean. And so I was just like, I can't live like that. That's And so I actually ended up giving up that idea. I was like, okay, I guess the six pack isn't for me. <laughs> like, it's just not realistic, I guess. Yeah. I'm not going to eat chicken and rice for the rest of my life in order to maintain that. Um, but yeah, and then just getting more into macro counting and then realizing like, oh, wait, it actually has nothing to do with that. It has to do with the amount that you're taking in, you know, and cal- like the, the, the calories in, calories out, all of that. Um, and so, yeah, just experience on my own just figuring out for myself my own journey and then yeah obviously helping clients and them going along with that journey with me because there's been clients at the beginning of my career that oh man I had them on a very similar meal plan right and they had the same issues that I had it's just you you know you watch your own struggles and you watch your clients struggling you're like hey this isn't working right Mm. so yeah so that's kind of how I got into that and then yeah now we have much more flexible approach and you know for some clients meal plans do work for them um and but in the end I always tell my clients you know and some clients are a little bit harder to get into macro counting um but I always tell them like this is the way that you're going to maintain it you can't stick to a meal plan for the rest of your life that's impossible right Right. you're gonna struggle like that's just not realistic so learning this and you know it's a huge learning curve for a lot of people um but that's literally how you are able to keep the weight off and maintain it and and continue with any goal that you may have in the future on your own. Mm. Right. Yep. And that's where I think too, like I made a post a while ago about like meal prepping too. Like I think meal prep is so fantastic, but I don't think you need to have like a meal prepped like whole week. Like I don't, because I don't think that let's say you go on vacation. What are you going to do? I honestly don't have that for myself very often. I honestly don't. Yeah. I don't either. I mean, I work from home, so it's a little different, but yeah, no, you have to have those strategies for when you don't have that. Because mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, when you're where you're not always going to have meals prepped, that's yeah. just unrealistic. You yeah. have to have strategies to know how to put together a meal that's quick and on the go without having anything prepped, right? Well, and imagine a world where you could go on vacation and literally maintain and or lose weight. Like that right. is from the habits you have built around just the no, food totally. that you already eat right. or the meals you make. Yeah. And I think when you're on vacation too, like, I think it's really important to be able to like put down the numbers and walk away. Right. For like a Absolutely. Week. Like, and trust the habit, right? Trust the habit that you're like, you know how to eyeball and go, I know the, how much protein that is, or I know how much veggies that is, whatever. And you pick, you, you build a balanced plate, right? Yeah. Just even just to feel good. Um, But yeah, I do think like you should, should, a healthy part of the journey is being able to like go, okay, this is okay. A week away is not going to ruin my progress. I can take a break, not have to worry about a calorie or a macro, right? Yeah, for sure. And that's why those habits come in place. I just make that point because I know vacation is notorious for people going and just going all out, you know, balls to the walls. Yeah. And so it's like, I think when you create the sustainable habits, you're like, oh, like I don't have to worry about this vacation coming up. I'm actually excited to enjoy myself and I'm excited. There's no stress. 
yeah, live in my, well, and that goes back to, that goes back to knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. So if you understand how nutrition works, you also understand that in a week you can't lose progress. Mm -hmm. Right. And so you're not going in hyper-focused on calories because you understand how it works. Right. Right. Whereas like, I know a lot of people, they stress when they're like, oh my God, there's going to be all these meals out. There's going to be all this, all these options. Like it's going to be so stressful. And then they don't even end up enjoying themselves. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Too focused on trying to keep their perfect routine, but they're not in their routine. Like they're, they're on vacation. Just fearing gaining weight. It's just Mm -hmm. like, which, yeah, if you don't understand how weight loss works or you don't understand how nutrition works, I would like, yeah, I I understand why you would fear that. Mm -hmm. Totally. Right. So with being a mom, I want to jump into fitness as well, because I think this is a huge one. A lot of moms struggle to, you know, be efficient in the gym and do the right things. So I think a couple of like questions that would be lingering in my mind if I was a mom and wanting and listening to this podcast would be like, um, what are some effective workouts um, that busy moms can do? Like, do you have like a specific like, you know, only do four to five exercises Mm. or like what? what would be some suggestions you would have for like a really busy mom when it comes to prioritizing depends what we're working on D- depends what we're working on right yeah but I mean here's the thing so for a busy mom it's not you're gonna have to get your workouts in when you can that's just the way it is mm-hmm. it's just gonna be sometimes your workouts are gonna be 20 minutes sometimes your workouts are gonna be an hour um the consistency is the main thing so like for me the first year if it meant lunging around my house with my daughter in my arms, that's what we did. Cause she was, you know, whatever needing to be held or using her as a weight. I'm not saying that that's, you know, the most ideal, but I'm saying it's something right. And so you kind of have to have that perspective of just getting it out when you can. Um, I would say as far as like the most effective workouts are going to be muscle building, right? It's like if you view it, I think a lot of women or a lot of moms, um, they think like, oh, high intensity circuit style, just get my heart rate up. I need to get a good burn in. Well, I, I use the analogy of it. Like that's like taking a quick withdrawal of cash out of a bank, out of any, out of your account versus like a muscle building workout. You're putting in money into an investment account. So you may not get the return right in that session. You may not, you know, burn a ton of calories in that session, but the return that you get is long-term and it's much more valuable. Does that make sense? Yeah. So when we're building muscle as a mom, that's what you want. You want to build that muscle so that you have a higher metabolic rate. So then when you're just sitting there on your chair, you're burning more calories at rest. Right. right? Mm -hmm. And I I think for most women, you know, moms, they, they have a goal of weight loss. And so if you're wanting to be effective in that way, then that's the way. Mm, lifting heavy yeah lifting heavy and yeah heavy weights and would you say would you say like do you have like a recommendation as far as effect or efficiency when it comes to being a mom like obviously you said that some days it's going to be like 20 minutes whatever but if you were to like go into the gym is there like you know would you just say do as much as you can like two to three exercises what would be like a general recommendation for like a mom who is you know looking to get in good shape efficiency is just I think quality of the lift quality. so if you're doing a bicep if you're doing a bicep curl make sure you're lifting heavy enough to the point where that you know third to last rep you're fit you're hitting failure yes so a quality lift is going to be more efficient 
and taking, you know, adequate rest and then going back into that is going to be more efficient than just trying to go in and fit, squeeze in four, four exercises or squeeze in six exercises, right? Mm. Like I'd rather you go in, if you had 20 minutes, I'd rather you go in and do two sets of something that are quality lifts than, you know, fit in six exercises in a circuit style. Does that make right. sense? Just yeah. trying to get it all in fast, fast, fast. No, I'd actually rather you slow it down, get a really good contraction in the muscle and, you know, lift heavy. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's going to sure. be the most efficient for sure. Yeah. I think with, like you said, it's like pulling from that, like like long-term investment. It's not like you're pulling just from that quick. Cause that's the thing about hit workouts is it's like, you're just going to burn the calories. Like you're not really building muscle. Yeah. So no, no, there's this huge misconception of like, well, I'm leaving and I'm sweating and I'm shaking and I'm, I'm out of breath. So that's a quality session. No, it's not. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's not, not at all. You're burning some calories, but like, congrats when you total up your, your total amount of calories, 5% of that from your total amount is coming from your actual workout. Right. That's a very small amount. And I think a lot of people are very surprised by that. Yeah. And that's where like, yeah, like total daily energy expenditure comes into play where it's like you playing with your kids is going to burn a lot more than you weightlifting most likely at the gym. If it's just, or just having muscle mass, right. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest amount where you're going to burn the most calories is from just having muscle mass on your body. Mm. So build muscle. Absolutely. Please do. Um, okay. So this will be, let's, we're going to do a couple more and then I think we'll be all done. I don't want to take all your time. Is it, is oh, it 4.30 there too? Or 4.24? Yeah. yeah, we're same time. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. I'm like, I hope I didn't <laughs> steal you away from family time. Oh, no, um, okay. So let's do this one. Let's see. Where was it? I'm like losing it. Oh, here we go. Can you share a success story of um, a mom that you've coached? So like highlighting the sustainability of their fat loss journey. Do you have any like specific success stories that come to your mind? So many. So we can so plug funny. your coaching guys Let go me think. get coaching from. Let pets. me think. Hmm. I'm like, let me pull my coaching up. Who do I want to, who do I want to talk about? We're talking about a mom. Yeah. Okay. It could even be like an in-person just, just client. A success story? What's yeah. That? It could even be like an in-person past client, like whatever comes to mind yeah, to you. Just oh my God. There's so many. Um, one of my favorite ones, and this is go. This goes back to what I was talking about um, at the beginning of this. Is I had a client. She was with me three years ago, online, and uh, she was great. She was preparing for her wedding, and she was very committed. But she ended up stopping training with me to go and have a baby, and which I totally understand. It's a diff- It's a different part of life. You just got different priorities at the time, and so she went and had her baby and then came back immediately and started training with me. And when I tell you the difference in commitment with this woman, it she is a completely different person. Like I don't have to convince her of anything. I don't have to like tell her to do anything. She just does it. She's just committed and it goes back to that same conversation that we started with. It's just she has a little girl now and it, her whole mental shift it's just night and day of how it changed from, I want to look good in my wedding dress to, I now have, you know, someone's future in my hands and I need to be the best version. And so I love seeing that with my clients. And obviously there's like, there's so many like 
weight loss transformations that I could talk about, but those are the ones that are special to me. Cause I think it's so much deeper than just, you know, pounds lost. Like, yeah, right. so it, it, it is important, but you know, even another one comes to mind. She's lost, like, I think she's lost 35 pounds since January Wow. or sorry, January last year. And you know, she, she wasn't healthy and she has a little girl and she has decided that I'm going to, you know, do whatever it takes to be healthy. It's not an aesthetic goal. It's not just, you know, I just want to look good or, you know, it's like, it's deep, it's deeper. These kids, you know, they like, they're looking up to their moms and, you know, they're, they're setting them up for (laughs) their entire life and their exposure to the fitness world. And I think it's really beautiful to see just that, you know, when the whys become so much deeper, like I want to live longer. I want to be around for my kids and be the healthiest version and not be, you know, not be able to keep up with them, that kind of thing. Right. Those are my favorite, favorite yeah. ones. Yeah. Do you want me to name them? <laughs> no, I mean, you totally can. <laughs> no, you're totally good. If you want no, to, they, you they'll, they'll listen to this and they'll know exactly who they are. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, That's incredible. I think it's so cool. Yeah. Like how everything really does come back to the mind. Like, it's like, you can be, you know, the most fit person or, or, you know, overweight, but what it comes down to is like, how do you feel? And like, what is your mindset towards what you're doing? You know, what's your quality of life? Right. Yeah. Like how, yeah. Like literally, how are you feeling? Are you feeling good? If you're not feeling good, let's change something. Let's fix that. Yeah. Are you so scared of food that you're, yeah. Are you so scared of food that you're not enjoying family dinners? Are you scared of, you know, or are you avoiding the camera? So there's no photos with you and your family. Mm. Like those are deep, those are deep reasons. And yeah, obviously those all come down to like looking better as well, but it's also how you feel. If you're scared of the camera, that's going to affect your mental health, right? Mm. That's going to affect your quality of life. If you're scared of food, that's going to affect your quality of life. And those are things, those are huge mindset shifts that mean the most to me in in my field of work. It's just like, those are the most important things to shift and move like, yeah, way more than just oh, five pounds gone, 10 pounds gone. Right. Mm, And with the impact of social media, I think too, like I have, that was something that like really got me in the beginning of my fitness journey was like, I would compare myself, not, I guess not just social media, but just like friends too, just like being around friends who are pretty. And you're like, oh man, like I wish I looked like them. Like you really wished. And so I think that that can be like, those are like really hard. That can affect your mental health. Yeah. Right. For sure. Yeah. If you're just comparing how you look for sure. Yeah. And you're not feeling confident in how you look that affects your quality of life. It does. Absolutely. Um, okay. Well, where can people find you on socials? I want to link all of them. Yeah. So I am on to pull me up. Um, so Tevs Phillips fitness on Instagram. I am on, what else am I on? I'm on TikTok. Oh God. (laughs) Tess Phillips. (laughs) Um, and then yeah. That's pretty much it. I guess you can find me on Facebook as well. Tess Phillips. Perfect. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for doing this. That was so fun to just chat. Thank you and so much for having me. I know awesome. for sure. Like I'm going to be sending this to my sisters because they're all moms. And so they're like, oh, good. <laughs> like this will help them so much. So I'm so grateful yeah. that we had you on today. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Okay. Well, thanks for listening, guys. We are going to end out right here, but hope you guys all enjoyed this podcast and we're taking notes. Tess is a wealth of knowledge.